Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and we have got tons of stuff to talk about on this great episode, the feature portion of which is a conversation about now legendary toy company Super 7 with our good pal Christian from Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. But before we get to that, there's a ton of of news. The 2021 New York International Toy Fair would have been this past weekend, and this week's episode would have been a Toy Fair recap, which is why I saved this special Super 7 episode for this week. Uh, But there was no Toy Fair, because things are what they are, and... Very few toy companies put forth any kind of announcements or effort or anything like that because I think they're at this point used to the model of just every month dropping some news. But Mezco, one of my personal favorite toy companies, decided that they were going to go ahead and have Mezco Toy Fair and revealed a ton of new products. But before I get to that, uh, which is going to take up the bulk of this news break, uh, I want to mention really quickly that Super 7's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates Wave 1 and 2 have gone into second production runs and are now available for pre-order from your favorite places like Big, uh, excuse me, Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth. And Thundercats Wave 1 and 2, although I think maybe it's just Lion-O, Panthro, and Mumra uh, are, are going into second production runs and are currently available for pre-order from Big Bad and Entertainment Earth and probably other toy retailers. I would imagine Dorkside probably as well. Uh, But, you know, the Thundercats obviously are because of the announcement of the Thunder Tank. And then the TMNT, those are just... My gosh, it might be... I can't say it's my favorite toy line right now, but I love them. And every time I walk by the shelf, I have to stop and, like, adore them for a minute before I move on with my business. Uh, So this is great. If you missed out on these figures the first time around, get them. Seriously, just get them. You will not be sorry. I love these Ultimates so much. And the Thundercats and the Ninja Turtles are both just so good. Some of the best figures I got last year and on into this year. Uh, So, having mentioned the Thundercats Ultimates and uh, having mentioned the Thunder Tank, which we will talk about in more detail later in this episode with Christian. Uh, I do have to say that my plan panned out. I took a stack of some convention exclusives, some extra mint and box stuff that I had that I knew I would never open and, and will not regret not having, and a couple of Mezco 112 collective figures that were going for really high dollars that just didn't have the sentimental value to them to take up the shelf space that they were taking up, especially with more Mezco 112 figures coming in 
uh, including the Christopher Reeve Superman, which arrived yesterday and I have not opened yet and I have not decided if I'm going to do an unboxing yet or not. Uh, I would say let me know what you think, but by the time you hear this, I will probably already have opened it one way or the other. Uh, but So I made way more than enough to pay for the Thunder Tank and I officially uh, purchased the Super 7 Ultimates Thundercats Thunder Tank this past Saturday. Uh, because it just worked out really, really nicely. And then I, 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 I saved the rest of the money. I put it in a savings account where it's going to generate interest in years. Of course I didn't. I bought other stuff. Uh, so anyway, uh, that worked out really well. My Thunder Tank is secured and will be here. What is it? I think it's like February of next year or something. I don't know. It's fine. I don't mind waiting. I... Uh, well, we'll discuss Super 7's business model uh, when we get to the meat of the episode. So anyway, that's the uh, the, the smaller non-Mezco news. Uh, but here is the Mezco news. And ideally, we would have done a special episode with probably with our head of research, Ryan, uh, to talk about all of these reveals. But as I've been saying for the past several months now, I just don't have time in my schedule for anything more than what I'm doing right now. I, I think that will be alleviated, hopefully within the next couple of months. But for right now, uh, four episodes a month, that's all I got. Well, four episodes a month here uh, on the Needless Things podcast, where you can find, well, you've you found it. You know where to get it. You know how podcasts work. Uh, and then two new toy reviews or or youtube featurettes whatever on the needless things youtube channel every single week so and and i'll be honest with you uh the the youtube stuff has taken a little bit of that time that maybe before would have gone to our mini uh mini cast or bonus episodes or whatever the case may be it's just a matter of prioritizing and right now i'm really enjoying the youtube not just making the videos but the engagement and trying to grow that channel so uh please do like subscribe share the needless things youtube channel uh with new reviews up last week or no this week of new gi joe classified figures next week uh remains to be seen so stay tuned needless things youtube channel all right now now we can move on now that i've explained why it's just me sitting here talking about these mezco reveals uh We'll move on. They uh, showed five points figures from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. They showed Bill and Ted and Rufus, and they look really cool. They're not my not my bag, not anything I need, but they look great. Uh, they showed a new Superman 112 collective figure that, in my eyes, is leaps and bounds ahead of the original comic book Superman they released. Although, a really good point was made, uh, I think it was in the Toy Arc forums, that now that we know there is a more comics-accurate Superman coming, that maybe this original one can stand on its own merits a little bit more. And I'm looking at it right now on the shelf, and I do see the appeal. I mean, I, I never disliked this Superman but I do prefer one that's a little more traditional. I like the separate trunks. Uh, I like the materials better on the newer one. So in all likelihood, my original Superman is going to go to the same place that uh, the other two 112s that I just moved went. I, I just don't need three Superman 112s. 
because I've got the Christopher Reeve, which honestly may be the only one I need. It remains to be seen, you know, as the development of this new comic book version comes along, we'll see if it gets me or not. It probably will. Uh, but I just don't need this one between Christopher Reeve and the other one. Uh, but it looks great. It's got, they showed two different heads. One has sort of a smile, and I'd really like to see a genuine Superman smile. Uh, and then the other one has more uh, of a serious face. But it, it looks really nice. I like it. I really like it. Uh, they also showed Michael Myers from Halloween 2. Okay, so this is going to sound weird, and, and you may have heard me say it before. You probably have heard me say it before. I don't buy the Horror 112 figures, with the exception of the Ash figure, because I will buy almost any new format figure of Ash from Evil Dead. Um... And that's it. I didn't buy the Frankenstein. I did buy the Nosferatu, but again, that's more of a special thing. Where And you can actually see the review of that Nosferatu on the Needless Things YouTube channel uh, because there's a sentimental attachment there to the old Silent Screamers Mezco toy line. So with exceptions, I don't buy the horror figures. Uh, I've got lots of Michael Myers figures. I've got NECA's uh, retro-clothed one. Uh, I've got a Sideshow 12-inch one. I, I, I've got all the Michael Myers I need at this point in my life. I don't need to spend 80 bucks or however much this ends up being for a 112 one. I, I just don't. But I do need in my life and on my shelf a 112 collective figure of Brandon Lee as the Crow. Big surprise figure looks incredible even at this early stage because if you're if you think back to all the 112 reveals the final product tends to be uh much more refined and impressive than the first pictures that we see and additionally once you get the figures in hand they are even more impressive than the final uh shots that you see for like the pre-orders and, and everything like that uh i have yet to be disappointed by a 112 figure almost every single one of them in fact has exceeded my expectations so uh this crow figure must have will pre-order the the second it goes up uh to be available uh all right more rumble society stuff and as much as i hate to gloss over that because i love that mezco is doing these original characters in this format with all of these licensed characters uh i i I, I love it. I think it's great. I love seeing original figures out there. However, at this point in my life, uh, they're the the nostalgic, sentimental value of a character plays a role in my enjoyment of and desire to have action figures, especially higher-priced action figures. And the 112 figures that I mentioned earlier that I sold were the Agent uh, Gomez and Baron Benz and the Aquaticons, which you can see a review of that on the Needless Things YouTube channel as well. They're both fantastic figures. I just don't have room for them in my heart or on my shelves, and I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm just going to say more Rumble Society stuff was shown. They showed a picture of Fantastic Four 112 figures that looked great. They were classic designs, Human Torch. My guess is that he comes with uh, a regular Johnny head, a Human Torch flame-on head, and that the flames probably 
have magnets in them that will attach to the figure. That's my guess. Judging from the way that Mezco has handled other pieces, not that they've ever put anything out with flames like that, but that's just my guess is that that is how that's going to work. And don't worry about it because uh, if you look at the magnets on, for example, the Judge Dread figure, those armor pieces do not come off until you pull them off. Uh, now, as far as posability, I don't know how they're going to work around that. Uh, maybe the flames will be a very, very soft plastic that will actually bend with the figure. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see this. Thing looks incredible. Reed uh, looks like he has stretchy parts. I'm sure they'll be interchangeable in some way. Uh, Sue looked really cool. I don't know how they'll handle her invisibility or if they will, but it looked like an awesome set. Probably not one I'm going to get. Uh, I, I do like the Fantastic Four quite a bit, but I don't need a box set of them the way I did the Ghostbusters. And with the Marvel Legends retro-carded Fantastic Four on the way, I imagine we're going to see very similar looks in a much more affordable format. So, awesome that Mezco is doing these, but not not really in my lane. Uh, speaking of not in my lane, but definitely in Mrs. Troublemakers, they showed a new Living Dead doll, and one of the nurses from Silent Hill 2 looked absolutely grotesque and horrifying. Uh, I sent her a picture of it as soon as I saw it, and she said, I want that. That's great. Uh, so that will be also pre-ordered. Uh, an interesting one. So we already know... Uh, oh, gosh, is it Dr. Zayas or Cornelius? It's Dr. Zayas, right? Um, I believe there's a 112 of Dr. Zayas that they've already... I don't think it's out yet, but it's soon. Uh, well, they showed this past weekend from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Caesar and some possibly troop builder, possibly... I don't know if this might be a four-pack because it was three apes in the jumpsuits from Conquest. Uh, more details on that to come. I love, I love the Planet of the Apes movies. I have never felt a particular urge to keep Planet of the Apes merchandise. I had all of the NECA figures at one point and for some reason they just they, they looked incredible. They looked just like the movie. For some reason they didn't really do it for me. Uh, I almost feel like I'd be more interested in the Mego figures that were revealed. And, and Mego, they pretty much are always revealing stuff, but they showed some new Planet of the Apes uh, figures, I believe it was over the weekend as well, and I gotta say, I, I think it's the fact that that was a thing, the Mego Planet of the Apes figures, way back when the Apes movies were still coming out, uh, and th this is the original Apes movies. Uh, those uh, got me a little itchy, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, all right, moving on, we have another redo, uh, following up the Superman there is a new blue and yellow Wolverine coming out. If you remember, the first blue and yellow Wolverine was a... I want to say it was a New York Comic Con exclusive. I'm not positive about that. So the pre-order was open for a very limited amount of time and sold out almost immediately. I am still actually on the wait list for it somehow. Uh, but I ended up with the brown and yellow Wolverine, which again was so much better in hand than it looked in pictures. But this blue and yellow Wolverine is 
because uh, Brown, the, the Brown Wolverine's my guy. That's that's the costume I would want him in. That's my favorite. I prefer that Wolverine because when I found the Uncanny X-Men comics, that's what he was wearing. Um, but this blue and yellow 112 looks fantastic. I will absolutely get it. It's got the larger uh, not ears, I guess? Whatever the black things are that go over his eyes and off his head. Uh, the, the much larger look really good. Uh, shoulder pads are cool. Everything about this one looks good. I, I will get it because I'm a big Wolverine fan. And while I was very happy with the brown and yellow one, this one is more definitive to me in a weird way. Uh, Alright, moving on to another thing that I will not buy, but I was very impressed with. They showed us, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a Green Ranger 112 Collective figure that looked absolutely phenomenal. I am not a Power Rangers guy, but this might have actually been the best-looking 112 figure they showed because there's something about seeing that actual spandex suit, that signature Power Rangers spandex. Something about seeing it on that figure just looked so great. And this was not... Because, you know, you see Wolverine and Cyclops and all these other characters in spandex, but those are all Mezco's interpretations. This was straight up just Green Ranger, almost looking like a, a, a picture from the set of Power Rangers. Looked incredible. Like, this is... I, I, I'm not buying any Power Rangers stuff, but looking at this is the closest I've ever come to wanting a Power Rangers figure. We do not yet know if it's going to come with an unmasked head or not. Uh, I would hope so, but I don't know what the price difference might be in the licensing there. Uh, so there's no telling. And and in looking at, uh, again, I think this was on Toy Arc, they mentioned that there are two different helmets with the figure, and it looks like one of the helmets might be the Japanese version and one of them might be the American version or something, or one of them might be like a costume helmet and one of them might be a... Uh, an action helmet. I, I don't know enough about Power Rangers to tell you, but it, but Mezco are all about these little details like this. Uh, so I, I would believe that they might have one that's like the on-set helmet and one that's the uh, stunt helmet. I don't know, whatever. Uh, another one that was great, the Living Dead Dolls, Fester and Cousin It from the Adams Family, absolutely adorable possibly the cutest living dead dolls they've ever done and i like that they're showing a willingness to get away from the traditional living dead dolls design a little bit because fester looks very unique obviously cousin cousin it looks unique as well uh but they looked really cool they looked great like i, I again i saw those and i was like i sent them to mrs troublemaker who collects living dead dolls and she was like oh those are wonderful so those will be pre-ordered as well uh, all right, just got a couple more. Ghost Spider, or Spider-Gwen, as she is probably more popularly known. Uh, this one I wasn't quite sold on. The and, and it will look better over time, because sometimes these bodysuit uh, soft goods don't look their best in the first picture we see of a 112 figure. They always end up great. You can look at the Harley Quinn. Uh, the Okay, well, they're, what, three different Harley Quinns now? Or there are two. I guess there are only two. The traditional comic Harley Quinn. Uh, her suit is incredible. Uh, well, Space Ghost. Space Ghost has a very similar 
style suit. It looks great. So I'm not worried about this figure's uh, costume looking right. But just the initial picture was not terribly inspiring. I'll be interested in seeing what accessories she comes with. Uh, but it's a fantastic costume design. It's it's one of my favorite modern costumes. Well, it's probably the best modern costume that's, that's happened. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on this one. I, I don't know that it'll be one I bring home, but I'll, I'll be watching the production. Uh, and then Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Uh, looked awesome. Looked perfect. Looked great. I don't need it. Uh, if they want to do a Red Rain Batman, I'd be interested in that. But uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, and you know what? Even Red Rain. I've, I've got a couple of good Red Rain ones. I, I don't know what other Batmans could be offered from Mezco that I would need because I've, I've got a lot of 112 Batmans. Uh, so, this, I mean, it, it looks great. I, I just don't need it. Uh, and then finally, the last one I'm going to talk about today is Ultraman. I don't really have any sentimental attachment to Ultraman. I know that may be crazy to some of you who do, because Ultraman fans tend to be very uh, loving of their character. Uh, but it looked cool. I'm curious to see how they handle the articulation, because he has very specific poses that have to be gotten exactly right. But it looked cool to me. I liked it. And then there was one more 112 Collective reveal, but you're going to have to tune in next week to the March episode of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, to hear about that one. And we will be discussing it with Christian and Noel. So uh, that does it for news. Let's move on with the show. You guys, it really does break my heart to not do a Toy Fair episode this year, but have faith that we will bring you all of the toy news as it happens as soon as possible. I have some very special toy dedicated episodes coming up, much like today's Super 7 episode. So stay tuned for those. I've got some special guests lined up, some really cool ideas that I think you're going to enjoy. So we're, we're going to keep the variety and the fun coming on the Needless Things podcast. So stick with us. Uh, tell your friends. Spread the word. That's the biggest thing you can do because I want more people to know about this. I want more people watching the YouTube channel. I have lots of things I would like to do once the time is there for me to do them. And trust me when I tell you, you you're going to want to be here, one of the, the ground supporters, I guess. Uh, so just stay tuned and spread the word. And now it is time for us to take a look at the incredible entity known as Super 7. Joining me tonight, straight off of the Audible Interlude podcast... Uh, fellow toy enthusiast and man of much knowledge as far as things plastic go, please welcome to the show Christian Allen, aka Legion Cub. Yes, a plethora of useless knowledge, am I? <laughs> well, that's that's what Needless Things is all about. So this is perfect. Uh, I've been wanting to do this episode with you for a while, and at one point yeah. it was a matter of, well, let's. Let's wait to sort of coincide 
you know, I want something big coming from Super 7 so we can kind of just do a special Super 7 episode. Uh, and then, and, and this was even before we were doing the GI Joe podcast, like it, it had occurred to me, like at some point, well, even before super seven was going to be the topic, I wanted to have you on for a toy episode, but I wasn't sure what, and then it became clear that super seven would be something cool that, uh, you, you have, uh, probably more knowledge about super seven in general than I do, especially it's history. Uh, but we're both enthusiastic about what the company is doing now. Yeah, so, I think that everything happens for a reason. And and we we had that pause and all of a sudden it was like, yes. like the heavens opened up, a choir of angels came down and was like, <laughs> let me bless you with Super 7 News. Well, and that, that was it. big. Here we, you go. We finally nailed a date down and then something, I don't remember what it was because so many freaking things have happened this year that have knocked recording times and whatever else out of sync. Uh, but yeah, that was, we were going to record before all of the crazy announcements that have come from super seven over the past, well, since the beginning of the year, really, because mm -hmm. I think we were going to do it back in December yeah, or, or at least early January, but it was a while ago. Uh, but now we have not only a, a ton of new announcements, uh, but the probably second biggest announcement that Super 7 has ever made, which we'll be, we'll be saving for the end of the show. So anybody listening for <laughs> Thunder Tank talk, don't worry, we're going to get there, but we're going to go in mostly chronological order uh, to get there. And we've got to begin, if we're, if we're going to have a general conversation about Super 7, we've got to go back and start at the beginning, which I thought uh just off of the top of my head uh that without having done any research the first time we kind of casually talked about it i was thinking that those reaction alien figures were kind of the first major thing that they had brought to the marketplace but i was very no. wrong not just what you were talking about but then there was something in 2010 that i found as well but but let's go back to the beginning because you definitely schooled me on the origins of super seven yeah, so back in 2001, uh, I was working part-time at a comic shop, Sci-Fi World, on International Drive in Orlando. Big touristy destination shop. Um, and the manager there was big time into, like, the high-end vinyl figures and old-school Japanese Sofubi figures. Um, and this is kind of when those vinyl designer vinyls were just starting to really pick up yeah <clears throat> and so super seven uh had a magazine that's all they were it was super seven magazine dedicated to japanese vinyl figures and it it wasn't just that like um you know i i would flip through the magazine at work but what got me to buy it was there was an issue uh, with Gachiman on the cover. And there was all this talk that Super 7 was going to start producing their own custom designer vinyls. And so there was, you know, rumor that they were going to get the Gachiman license. They were going to do some stuff with Micronauts, you know, all kinds of crazy talk. But, but it was enough for us in the store to really latch on to this company and, and the magazine, if you can get your hands on them, 
it's it the pictures in it are great and I bet they're like a pretty penny now. It it covers at that time, you know, the newer designer stuff that was coming out, but then you know, pictures of the these rare, like, you know, Ultraman and and Mazinger uh vinyl toys that you you don't see on eBay very often. So that oh, was they're not they're not that expensive. I'm I'm looking oh, at really? Super, Super Seven magazine number ten, uh, eight bucks. That's not bad at all. No, I I assumed they would be up, you know, close to a hundred or something now, being that yeah, they're the foundation and, of the company. And I don't remember how many years the magazine lasted, but it kind of fell victim to the what I call the the anime crash. Because there, there were so many, you know, you had new type and, and all these sort of Japanese culture magazines that were trying to ride the big anime wave. Right, and, right. And everything print-wise just sort of imploded at once. And I remember Super 7 coming out and being like, hey, you know, we tried. And unfortunately, the magazine is coming to an end. But, you know, follow us on Facebook, we're still going to be make because by this point they were making their own um, toys. Right. They had offered their first figure. They offered through the magazine before it died. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking right now, the first 10 issues are all on eBay for eight bucks each. So that's, wow. that's not bad. And I'll be honest for anybody listening. If, if you're any kind of speculator, you got to think at some point, those are going to be worth something. You think, because I mean, the company, and, and we'll get into it, but I mean, this is the little company that could. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They they started out in such a niche area, and I, I think that works to their favor because every single property that that they've gone for, they, they find that one little fandom group and are like hey we know how to make what you want to see because it's what we want to see and that's what it is is they are the experts at servicing their customers delivering exactly what that niche audience wants to see i think mm -hmm. i think that's the magic uh, I'm looking right now, fortunately, uh, now if anybody wants to go and read the entire history of the company, if you go to super7hq.com, they have a page that details everything. We're not going to run down all of it here because we want to get to toy talk, you know, modern stuff, but it's worth noting, uh, there were 15 issues of the magazine. Uh, it ended in January of 2007, but then in October of 2007, they moved to full-size books, and their first release was Tokyo Underground, uh, which came out in October of 2007. I didn't know about the book. And then uh, there, there's follow-up book called Mook was released in 2008. So mm -hmm. that they, you know, 15 issues, considering, you know, small press independent release magazines. That's not bad. That's a nice little collection of stuff. I don't think Grand Royal, my favorite magazine in the world, the BC Boys magazine, uh, uh, I don't think it made it to 15 issues. So a uh, pretty good accomplishment right there for, the, for as you said, the little toy company that could. Uh, the next thing I've got down here, and the one that I felt like, you know, as, as we delved a little bit deeper, 
the thing I felt like I should have remembered off the top of my head, but I didn't was in 2010, they released that super Shogun Stormtrooper. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right? Revolutionary. Why was item. I thinking that happened after Aliens? Right. Wow. That's I thought the same thing as well, but I think where it got mixed up in my head, um, the super super shogun stormtrooper, amazing piece, looks great, but you know, as tempted as I was by it, and I remember that being offered in previews. And, and at one point I may have even had it like on my order form. Cause I'd go back and forth with stuff. I'd write everything down. Then I'd be like, no, I don't need this. I don't need this. I'd go back and, <laughs> and, you know, but so I remember that clearly. Uh, but I think the Stormtrooper didn't really catch my fancy quite as much as the super Shogun Boba Fett that they put out years later. I think that might've even been like, 2000 yeah 2015 was the boba fett okay see in so, my mind it, it put the two of them together yeah, yeah so, the the stormtrooper was years wow. before and i think that was kind of i mean it was their first messing around with a licensed product and it's pretty impressive that they went after the biggest license in the world yeah. first with that stormtrooper I would love to know the story behind how that came together because it had to be a matter of somebody at Lucasfilm because uh, this is pre-Disney. Mm -hmm. So this had to be somebody at Lucasfilm who's just like, oh, I love the Super Shoguns. Let's let's sign this deal. Let's make this happen. Because that, you know, back even in 2010, the Star Wars uh, licensing wasn't the same as it is today. Now... You know, there's been the joke for years that you can buy Star Wars toilet paper, Star Wars spoons, Star Wars cereal, and to a certain extent that's been true. But over the last, you know, since Disney came along, the license has been split up amongst so many different uh, producers from between Hasbro and Pops and all kinds of custom toys now, Bandai and Metacom and like all yeah. of these different things are coming out. But in 2010, it wasn't really like that. So for that super Shogun stormtrooper to happen is, is actually looking back pretty special. And I kind of yeah. wish I'd gotten one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember at the time it, that, and like I said, and, and the Boba Fett and, um, you know, I have my jumbo machine der great Mazinger. And around that same time, there was sort of this wave of redoing the Shoguns because you had companies that were putting out like, you know, redos of Garada 7 and Douglas and all these ones that you couldn't get. And I just remember being like, if I go down this rabbit hole at $200 a pop, yeah, it, it's going to add up. If only what I knew now. Uh, right, right. <laughs> for what we're paying. <laughs> oh, dude, I look, I look back on some of the things. And granted, situations change. You know, we're all, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. We, we all probably have a, a little more disposable income than we had, you know, 10, 20 years ago, whatever. But I look back at previews, which is where, you know, back then uh, you had like, I don't even know if media play was still around in the early two thousands. How long did that last? I know it was gone by like 2005, right? Oh, but, I have no clue, but your my, my personal main resource for, non-mass market toys was previews you order them from yeah. the comic book shop and i look back at some of the things that i was like oh that's too expensive and didn't get and i'm just kicking myself now yeah you know, with, with not just those things being more valuable but even if that something like that was re-released now it would cost twice as much yep 
uh, and, and I've got one of the reissue, uh, it's trans when I, when I was a kid, it was trans or Z. Ah, uh, yes. But it's, it's great. Great Mazinger. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. So I got the reissue. Does he have the, the V shaped? Yeah. And he's got the little the chest and he's got the little vehicle comes out of the top of his head. Yeah. He's, he's black and light blue. Yeah, he has uh, swords he on his hips. He was the main one from the cartoon when I was the Trans okay, Z yeah. cartoon when I was a kid. Um, so I got that one because that had a big nostalgic appeal to me. And I never had any of the Super Showguns when I was a kid. Oh, we did. I was well, very I, fortunate. I we did not survive childhood, though. Oh, well, no, no. They're, I mean, they're not something that big and that it's not that they're fragile, but like the feet and the arms and the, like, you know, those are all different pieces and kids playing with that. Those things are going to pop off. The stickers oh, yeah. are going to get messed up. The little pieces, all the rockets are going to get lost. It's just going to happen. Uh, so that was that one, that, that stormtrooper is actually probably my first, the first time I was like, Oh, super seven. Who's this? Where, mm. Who are these people? But then in 2013, the, and, and throughout this time, they're still releasing all kinds of different like kaijus and monsters and vinyl toys. Like they've, they really gained steam with those uh, original creations, Monster Family, uh, Candy Kaiju, which I don't really have any recollection <laughs> of. But they're, they're doing their own thing and kind of, I think, slowly seeking out licenses because you know that's where you get established. Yeah, you weren't finding them in in even comic shops you know you if you were finding super seven merchandise it was in either those designer vinyl stores or at least here in orlando yeah we had like three of them at the time that that's all they did or you would have some japanese import shops yeah that would that would carry stock that stuff yeah but but you weren't you know you weren't finding comic shops that that would take a chance on stocking this merchandise. So. No no nobody stocked it. If you wanted it, you had to find it in the back of previews yeah. and order it for yourself. You you wouldn't just walk in and see it. Yeah. So so when they finally started making their splash, it they went like you said they went big. I mean, you know what they did after the stormtrooper. I feel like is the 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 first big announcement, hey, look at us, we're, we're not just vinyls. I, I think that's where, if you ask the average uh, toy collector, not average person on the street, because the average <laughs> person on the street still would be like, Super 7, what's that? But if you ask the average toy collector who hadn't sat down and like done research and looked it up, I would imagine that that Kenner uh, alien line would be the first thing that would pop into their head where, where they became aware of super seven. And it was huge, man. It was 2013 San Diego comic-con and they showed these. And, and you got to remember, you know, to give, to give some context for the listeners, you know, now we live in a world where there are all kinds of different five points of articulation, retro action figure lines, this wasn't a thing then reaction mm-hmm. hadn't happened yet because this was them inventing it. Funko yeah. didn't have reaction yet and hadn't applied every license into the world to that style. 
So it was pretty bold and interesting of them to offer these primitive action figures in the modern market. Because in 2013, you still had uh, 3.75 inch Star Wars was still offering like the super articulated, uh, you know, now it's the vintage collection. But back then they had several different lines of super articulated figures in that scale. That's what the market was used to. So this was obviously them creating a whole new segment of the marketplace. But also look at it in this context. By 2013, yeah, the internet, it existed. It, you know, it's not quite what it is today. Yeah. Definitely more than what it was in the 90s. When those alien figures hit, you had a whole, I'm just going to say generation of toy collectors that got their news from magazines. And it was always a huge deal whenever the magazines would do articles on unproduced and prototype figures because that information just wasn't readily out there. So you, you spend years knowing that these prototypes existed. The molds were out there. Oh my gosh, what we could have had, what we could have had, what we could have had. So when they said, okay, we are making these proto- these figures that you have built up in your head, you can now own. It, it was massive. Like we used to have people coming into the shop asking about it, you know, and, and they weren't like the regular people that you, that you would see. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I, I feel like they, who knows at the time they probably viewed it as a, a one off, but it was, if they were going to choose something to start with, uh, I, I think going that route of something that had such a legacy and a, uh, uh, demand you know um it it was huge huge well and to and that's actually a very good point that i hadn't really considered is that if they had just thrown out you know these style figures of some property that had never had them Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might have done all right, but the fact that this was based in something that was real, they weren't just making these figures up like, hey, w- which is what those st- those lines are doing now. But back then in 2013, they weren't just saying, hey, imagine if Alien had gotten a Star Wars style line. This is what it would have looked like. No, this is what it did look like. It right. just didn't happen, but we're making it happen. That that magic is what launched the the reaction monolith that still exists to this day although in a very different form and i know the aliens line isn't as huge as it was but when you go back and and you think about it it not just the figures it was so big they had a playset, yeah. which you never see. 
And then they started with the mystery eggs. Like it just grew and grew and, and grew. And that was not anything you had seen from any of the smaller toy companies. You know, when you think of the, the companies at the time, like Palisades, um, oh gosh, uh, so many of them aren't around anymore. None of them around anymore. Well, and, uh, and that's uh, probably why. So, soda, state-of-the-art toys that did, um, oh gosh, what else did they do? I know they did the uh, figures for the Tomb Raider movie. Oh, yeah. That are still some of the best figures I own. But that Tomb Raider license, I think they got a couple other licenses, but they just didn't make it. Just like you know, Palisades and so many other companies that got started around that time that put out some really cool products, but just couldn't seem to, to find their footing to, to hang out. And of course this was years before, uh, super seven, you know, was really doing their thing. This was early two thousands. Uh, and, and what's funny is like NECA started up right around the same time. Yep. They were, they were 2000. Uh, but they did find their way. They did find the magic formula to to have that longevity that so many of the other companies didn't. Uh, and it's funny to me to think of, you know, in modern terms, while you don't walk into Walmart and Target and find Super 7 products like you do with NECA products, um, although there are some in there. But there was a time when you did. Because after the alien figures, when when it was blowing up, and then they started doing reaction, um, and I remember, you know, they weren't doing massive releases, you know, multiple lines of, of reactions every year. So when it, it would be like a few, and so when one would be announced people were excited whether you you liked the movie you liked the characters or not and i think because they were blowing up so quick and they were such a small company in order to handle the distribution do you remember they teamed up with funko well i think funko actually licensed the reaction style and name from super seven I think they were actually producing. The they figures. were producing them. Ah, I believe okay. so. Because um, I remember when they partnered up, all of a sudden, on the end caps at Target, you would have reaction figures. Yeah, and and, and I I thought that was brilliant. That was all due to Funko, and they're already having inroads into retail because of the pops. Right. Like they already had those connections. Oh, that's not what I meant to hit. Um, do we have internet resources to tell the story of Super 7 and Funko? Uh, no, I'm not seeing anything. But yeah, I do yeah, believe I that really was the case. I really just found information about when the partnership ended. Yeah, I couldn't find, I didn't see any, I don't have anything in my notes specifically about how it got together. Um, all I've got is that it looks like it lasted from maybe 2014 to 2016, yep. which is when super seven relaunched reaction figures with universal monsters, masters of the universe, street fighter two, and the worst, which are some fantastic, oh, the figures. original. Yeah. 
they, yeah, their original property, which they've uh, tons of characters, lots of different colorways, which is one of the things that I think Super 7 does really well. You mentioned the mystery eggs with the aliens. I love how they use variants because they do glow in the dark. They'll do glitter. They'll do color swirls. They'll do translucent, uh, all kinds of crazy things with certain of the figures that to me makes them exciting and, and lends itself to collectability. Uh, they did variations of the Xenomorph and, uh, Oh, what's his face? Who gets the alien on his face? Ian Holm. His character's name just fell right out of my head. Um, anyway. Bishop. No, uh, no Bishop's, no, Bishop Flint's hit, right? Is it, Ash? no, Ash is the uh, robot. Right. Oh, then, yeah, it's Bishop. No, Bishop is the one from the aliens. Ian oh, my Holmes. gosh. We're so old. Right. Well, while you're looking at that, I I give them... Oh, you're right. He is Ash. No, wait. No, Ash is Ian Holm. It's not Ian Holm. It's uh, John the Doctor. This is very entertaining for me listening at home, <laughs> shouting I, at I, whatever right. they're listening, like shouting I, the name. I give, them, I give them credit for trying to make the most money off those molds that they can by producing John Hurt is Kane. John Hurt. So anyway, what I was saying is they did variations of, of the, the alien and Kane based on unproduced movie posters. So you have a card back that's this unproduced movie poster and the figure is colored to look like that movie poster. It's stuff like that that they're so clever about with their variants and different things that they do of these exact same mold but just in different colors and those card backs that to me are what make those ten dollar action figures fifteen eighteen dollars mm. so now that we figured out the mystery <laughs> of john hurt is kane uh, now that, now that they're the, taking away our alien geek cards yeah seriously Ugh. um so less interested in Funko doing reaction figures because they did literally every license under the sun, more interested in getting back to super seven, which in the meantime, uh, in 2015, super seven brought muscle back millions of yep. unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. I can remember that, but I can't remember. Kane. <laughs> uh, the important stuff. Right. Right. But that was a result of their partnership with Mattel uh, to continue the masters of the universe classics line, which was met with some controversy. <laughs> how at the time, uh, I, how immersed were you in Masters of the Universe Classics? Oh, I was all in. Yeah. I, I was a subscriber all the way to the bitter end. Um, and when they announced that it was ending, I breathed a sigh of relief. And then when they said, <laughs> yeah. oh, but wait, there's more. We're going to Super 7. I had no clue i mean obviously we had already seen 
the the reaction motu figures from them um i but i i had no idea how they were going to tackle classics and when they they made that first announcement of the ultimate i was like oh okay i am i am on board with this um unfortunately i think the cards were stacked against them because by the end of Maddie, the masters, the classics fandom, I guess I should say the online classics fandom, they were very particular, very picky, you know, Mattel made some mistakes along the way. And, um, these people were expecting super seven to come in and be the second coming. And truth is there's, they were still a small company. Yeah. You know, I'm somebody that collected third party transformers for years and years and years. So, you know, you understand there's, there's growing pains, there's QC issues. You're getting the figures that you want in the scale that you want them. You're getting the stuff that the major toy companies are not making. Right. And if you weren't getting these figures, you wouldn't be getting them at all. Nobody right. else is going to step up to do it. Right. So, you know, do do I think that, that you know, brittle necks and stuff like that should happen? Absolutely not. Um, but I do think that Super 7 has had really good customer service. I think over the years, and we can get into it when we get into Thundercats, they've improved leaps and bounds and, and done things for the people that buy their products that Mattel never did yeah. when they've made mistakes. Oh yeah. hundred percent. There's, there's a big one we'll be talking about shortly. So that, that um, I just found out about, I had no idea about, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much bailed when things shifted. I took the opportunity to say this toy line is complete. Uh, I wasn't interested in the filmation stuff. Mm-mm. Uh, I, at the time, and it's funny to say now, considering what I'm paying for super seven ultimates figures, but at the time, the price point for their ultimates was, was too much for me. Uh, not like financially, but just intellectually. Oh yeah. No, I understand. Um, I, I thought they were, it was a good opportunity for people to get figures that Mattel was not going to do another run of. And, and in some cases didn't get quite right the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, looking back, I really wish that I had gotten a faker and a Tila. Uh, Cause the goofy net, I don't Now, Have you seen uh, one of the ultimate Tila's in person? That's actually the one that I own because I, I came into classics um, after I, I came oh, into okay. classics. I, I, fell down that rabbit hole when they started releasing the classics and the DC classics and master of the universe classics, oh, two packs. Yeah. 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 That Cause um, you could just go to toys R Us and buy them. Right. And, and, and then you see how good they are. Yeah. And, and so uh, Tila was one of those figures that I was not at that time willing to pay the eBay money for. Right. Right. And um, so, yeah. So the super seven version of Tila is the one that's on my shelf. 
from what I understand, she's got a much better neck. And like every time I look at the Tila on my shelf, I'm like, eh. and it's funny you <laughs> mentioned it's funny you mentioned those uh, the Masters DC two packs because that's the He Man that I have is the one from that He Man Superman two pack uh. because when I started with classics, very first one I bought was Scareglow because I just had to have Scareglow. And I was like, I'm just going to buy him because he's a glow-in-the-dark skeleton with a purple cape. And what? how do I not buy that? So I got that, and I was like, this figure is absolutely great. And I think they offered up... Uh, you know how they would do their older stock sales? Like, they mm -hmm. would... For instance, Scareglow would go up for sale as a new figure. But at the same time, they would offer, oh, well, we've still got these in stock. Yep. That we're offering. And I think after Scareglow, they re-offered Trapjaw and Skeletor. Trapjaw is my favorite. Skeletor, who doesn't want a Skeletor? And then that was all downhill from there. I think I ended up subbing the next the, the next year because Scareglow might have been October. I think he came out in October of 2009 or 10, maybe. Or maybe even yeah, something like that. And then within you know by the next time sometime next year i signed up for the sub and that was that was it or no yeah. maybe the next year i went through and just bought them each month as they came out and decided that was too much of a pain in the butt and subbed up the year after that maybe that's what i did but anyway we're not here to talk about masters <laughs> universe classics uh from but, mattel anyway but super seven did something i mean they didn't have a sub per se but they let you know that you know in in order we're not saying that there's a bare minimum that has to be reached. We're not going to scare you like Maddie did. Right. But if you want this figure, you have to buy the wave. We, right. We can't sit on stock, which turned, turned me off. And it, and I've noticed that they don't do that anymore. Now you can go and buy just one figure. Like you uh, don't have to buy all four Thundercats or both of the good brothers or whatever the case may be, you can buy just one figure from whatever wave or set or whatever it is. Well, that's good. They don't require, cause that's that more than anything is what kind of killed my interest in super seven because they were offering these sets of four figures. And I think the first two they offered, I really only wanted one. And that was what made the decision. Well, you know what? I guess I'm just done with this. Well, that's, I didn't get the first wave mainly for that reason. And, and I am also one of those that, Again, not Super 7 having not done something like that. I wanted to make sure what what is the quality going to be? Yeah, what, yeah. What, you know, and I remember when those reviews first started coming out, you know, there were paint issues and plastic issues. And I thought that they did a good job addressing each one. Um, when the second wave was announced, it had... Uh, I wanted all the figures in it except for one. So I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, and I could not be happier. I can't, same thing with my Tila. I, I can't really tell that big of a difference. There's a little bit of a plastic quality issue difference between right. what Mattel did and what Super 7 had, but not, not drastic. You Nothing know, that you're going to look at the shelf and be like, that's a different figure. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, I, much like you, I had no interest in the filmation figures. So when those started coming out and 
you know, they had the shiny plastic issue or whatever. I was like, eh. oh, oh, well, <laughs> I've heard about this, but it does not affect me. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. So, um, but it, it was enough. I, I feel like it, like if reaction really put them on the map, classics is sort of what got fandoms. Yeah. You know, that, that Motu fandom that was just like, you know, you make it, we'll buy it. We're going to bitch about it endlessly once it comes <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. But we're going to buy it. Um, well, classics was the bridge from then to where they are now with all. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and they've improved. I, I think, yes. you know, every time you see a new press release from them, you're just, wow. Well, and expanded. It's unbelievable how many different ultimates, because I, I really wasn't considering everything that they've announced because personally I I'm collecting the Thundercats ultimates and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ultimates, which, uh, neither one of those had I planned to collect from the start because mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I watched Thundercats every day that it was on. I wanted the toys and only ever had a lion. -O. So I never immersed myself into the toy line or was able to. So it doesn't have that same nostalgic connection as GI Joe mm. because having the toys makes all the difference in the world. And then they put Thundercats on Hulu and I start watching them and I'm like, this might actually be the best eighties cartoon. Like I'm watching each episode storytelling wise, character design wise, consistency. Every once in a while, there's an episode that looks like it was animated by like a different animation house. You're like, what is happening? Why does this one not look good? <laughs> but they always recover. And just the world building is incredible. So True. I got real itchy, man. And I went and I looked on Big Bad Toy Store. And they had them for just retail price. And I ordered that first wave. And when they came, I immediately ordered wave two. And then I think I got wave three direct from super seven mm. uh, or no ordered wave two and three from big bad. Didn't order Jaga who's in wave three, because if I'm getting Jaga, I want a ghost of Jaga, which you know, they're going to do you. Absolutely. They did glow in the dark Mumra, which isn't even a thing. So they're right. 100% going to do like a translucent sparkly Jaga. Uh, I don't need an actual Jaga. So I didn't order that one, but I got, I ordered everything else. And then where the Ninja Turtles got me, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the eighties line, the toy line was what replaced GI Joe for me. I went from Joe, which it makes no sense at all because I, I lost interest in GI Joe because it got too wacky. So then I went to Ninja Turtles but it started out wacky. Yeah, I guess. At least G.I. Joe started out real military and then went wacky as time went on. Which the whole now, premise of Ninja Turtles is... Right, they, they start from wacky. So those toys, I loved them. I had 
tons and tons and tons of them. I mean, I certainly wasn't a completist because it gets to the point where you're looking at like baseball fan Michelangelo and you're like, you know, I I don't need that one. But uh, I I stuck with them almost to the end buying one, like one of each character. Mm. Um, And then when I saw that the ultimates were not based on the cartoon, we're not based on the movie like the NECA figures. We're not based on the comic books, but we're literally modern updates of those toys like the Masters of Universe classics. I, I had to check them out, and now I'm all in. And and now my younger brother was the one that was into Turtles. Okay. So we, yes, I, I did play with them plenty. Um, I don't have quite the same emotional attachment to them but those ultimate figures are just stunning stunning and when for to for me when they did motu you know the the master of the universe classics used the same buck Right. Right. It, it was basically let's change some armor. Let's, you know, have a new head. And, and there you go. It's either and, a reptile, beast or human. Right. Thundercats is similar. Uh, similar. Uh, it looks like as the waves have gone on, they're steering away oh, from they, that. They definitely are. I mean, if even looking at Panthro and Lion-O side by side, Panthro has lots of new parts because he, he's shorter. He's different. But Ninja Turtles, that line yes. is, uh, with the exception of the turtles, no one shares parts that I can that I yeah. can tell. It is all new tooling, so you know that's not cheap for right. them to make. But they're putting that kind of dedication to it. And well, and when they announced that they were doing Ninja Turtles as Ultimates, in your head you're like, so what? It's going to be like He Man bodies with turtle shells, and you know three-fingered hands and feet (laughs) yeah dude seriously i'm so eagerly anticipating their silver hawks line because that that was my cartoon more so than thundercats but in my head i still cannot do anything but picture how they're trying to fit the thundercats on he-man bodies and i'm like no no this doesn't work but i know they're they've proven that that you know yeah, that's they, not that's not what they're going to do. If that happens to be appropriate, then they'll do it. But if not, you're getting all new tooling. Now, the one place where I ran into a little resistance with that style or theory or whatever um, is the Conan movie figures. Those are the ones, and I have not seen them in person. Full disclosure, I don't know what they look like in person. Uh, but to me... I, I don't know. I have trouble with it because when I see pictures of them online and I see that Schwarzenegger head or that James Earl Jones head on the Masters Universe body, it doesn't look right to me. But I have the uh, Masters Universe movie figures that are that. Are on that body. They are, you know, quote unquote, move, they're William Stout figures, quote unquote, movie real heads on classics bodies. And they look fine. The Dolph, you know, obviously it's not Dolph Lundgren's likeness, but it's pretty, it's pretty Lundgren-esque. 
Right. And it Long works. It, it, it is. That, it is. That needs to be a new verb that, or adjective <laughs> that I use. But how in my often daily would you speak? really be able to use it? Because what uh, is Lundgren? I can surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it looks it looks great. It looks fantastic. So yeah. I've got to think putting an Arnold Schwarzenegger head is also going to be totally fine. But just the pictures online looked odd to me. But here's where they got me. Did you see the most recent Conan figures? Oh, yeah. Balsa Doom uh-huh. and Conan in the war paint. Oh, yep. dude, they blew me away. I ordered them yep. immediately. I, I couldn't help it. I, that Thulsa Doom has the potential to be figure of the year, I think. I think it's an early contender. Mm-hmm. With, with the snake head and the snake with the headdress on top and the, oh, my gosh. And It's, it's been a while since I've had like a jaw drop. Yes. figure yes and, and that that was one yeah like i've absolutely. seen stuff that definitely listeners that makes me go oh wow that's really cool or oh i'm really excited but but this was like <gasps> yeah what yeah whoa like, and you keep going back and forth between the pictures yeah like, here what is oh that's like it made me look up Gosh. clips of yeah. that specific scene in the movie and be like they they translated it like beautifully like they literally couldn't have made a more perfect figure as far as the accessories and everything that it comes right. with and the look of it they they couldn't have done a better job in the style it's it's amazing like obviously and, and here's the thing here's the big difference i was going to mention a while ago that to me it's weird that NECA and super seven in my head kind of run parallel uh they're offering different things for different collectors but as far as having sort of genre stuff for collectors, I, I put them basically in the same place, even though NECA, mm-hmm. I think, is a bigger company and obviously has much larger distribution. But, you know, I look at the Ultimates Conan figures and I think these are fun. I know they're good toys because we've had classics forever. We've I've got Ultimates. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I reviewed the second wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates. They're fun to play with. They're sturdy. Um, and if NECA put out that Thulsa Doom, it, it would look incredible, but it wouldn't be any fun. No, it would fall apart if you tried to move. Well, let's, let's not totally bury <laughs> NECA because they've done a lot better in recent years, and I still love them. And No, you know, those... their stuff looks good, but it's not. I, I had one of the Godzillas. Um, yeah, because I I didn't want to invest in the monster art figures because by yeah, this yeah. point they're so expensive online. Um, and, and again, it, on the shelf, if on the shelf, if you're putting beautiful. Godzilla on the shelf, then the but, and the monster arts you're not really gonna see a lot. But it, yeah, pose playability wise, uh, unfortunately, NECA doesn't doesn't do it for me it, it's almost yeah. you know i i listen they're more poseable than a mcfarland figure listeners <laughs> I, i'm not saying they're that bad they're not stactions but um you know i'm with all the announcements that we'll, we'll get into you know that super seven is done you know if they say we're making this toy you can take it out of the package yeah and actually play with it and with their sales model you're not going to have to worry about whether or not you're even going to be able to get it. Yeah. Which is a big factor for me. Um, you might be la- waiting a long time. 
Yeah, which is which is uh, which fine. is fair. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Well, I, I want to say one last thing about NECA. Mm-hmm. Um, NECA's modern figure, their ultimate line, very very posable. It's it's the posability is not the issue. It's the durability because I. I am scared to bend the joint on a NECA figure without heating it up first because I've had so many pieces just tear off, break off right out of the box. Um, That's my biggest issue is I'm so scared of even touching NECA figures without taking precautions. Whereas with Super 7, pull them out of the box, start posing them. Uh, I've run into a couple of loose joints here and there. Uh, I think they're still working on those things, but I have yet to have a Super 7 figure just break on me. Yeah, that's a big difference. Uh, So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about how Super 7 sells these things. Uh, For the listeners, you know, if you don't know, pre-order is is the word that they use, but I actually prefer to think of it as made to order. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they announce the product and then they have a sales window, typically about a month, where you can go and order as much as you want of the product you want. If you just want one, you order one and you're in. The problem that people seem to be having is that this takes about a year between paying and delivery. But what what people aren't taking into consideration is this is the same length of production time as any other toy line it's just that super seven is showing you the product earlier in order to get your investment if hasbro was doing the same thing with the gi joe classified series then we would be seeing pictures of the figures months before they've actually been showing them to us because they need us to buy in prior to the actual production and that's the Mm -hmm. only difference the the it's any figure or toy takes 12 to 16 months from concept to shelf. That's that's the average time. So it's not that Super 7 takes an extra long amount of time to make things, although lately because of COVID and because of all kinds of other production things that have been going on, yes, this last year, everything has been jacked up. But they're just, you're buying in earlier and you're getting a guaranteed product we, as opposed to you know, three months, six months before it's actually going to be on shelves. Hey, check this out. Pre-order it now. And maybe you get in to get that pre-order. Maybe you don't. Maybe the pre-order gets canceled or delayed 12 times, or you don't know that you're going to get the product. But with Super 7, every single time, you're going to end up with that product on your shelf. It may take a little bit longer, but you're going to get it. And to me, that's worth it. And and I'm totally okay with it you know sometimes you might you never forget that you've ordered something but that time kind of goes by and you just sort of like that that urge isn't there for it and then all of a sudden you get that email like oh yeah it shipped it's on its way to you and you're like oh my gosh yes i get to get all excited for it yeah again I get to see this final product that, you know, and see what it's actually going to be. And that's another part of the excitement is those early production images or the prototypes or whatever it is we get to take a look at. Um, You know, it's, it's going to change and super seven is going to update you along the way. Yeah. They're really good about that. 
Yeah, they, they're very, they're as transparent as they can be. And if you go and look on YouTube, uh, some of the interviews with Brian Flynn, where he's very open about, uh, I mean, we'll go ahead and say the Thunder Tank, we'll be talking about it in just a couple of minutes here. He's very open about the process. Uh, they have already made uh, the decision to change a couple of things based on customer response. Uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with how they do business just in general. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. So in the ultimates line, we're going to come back around to Thundercats. Obviously I also got to mention uh, that they're getting into wrestling figures. Now they launched uh, their sort of wrestling series with the major wrestling figure podcast. Uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are getting incredible looking action figures, uh, probably going to be the best wrestling figures on the market. Uh, and it's, they've got something to compete with, with Jazzwares AEW figures, but they look awesome. And then we've got the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Luke Anderson. Um, <laughs> Luke Anderson, Carl Anderson. You guys, my brain is falling apart. <laughs> um, so they, and, and their New Japan figures uh, are hitting any day now apparently and those those actually i misspoke those were the first wrestling figures that got announced but if we can make a little joke at super seven's expense that's the line that most people think of when they think of delays because wrestling figure fans are impatient and petty so <laughs> any of them that ordered those new japan figures i'm sure just fuming now because they don't we as collectors aren't always used to different business models like this and super Seven's doing something different and new, and it's going to take some adjustment to get used to them. Uh, and then the, you know, we've already talked about the Conan line. They announced the other day, Godzilla ultimates. Yes. Yes. What, what is And they didn't, what drives me crazy because we know how picky Toho can be about licensing other monsters. Right. So my but he, hope, I have seen an interview with him. Okay. Uh, I, I think it was the one with Pixel Dan. I could be wrong. Um, but he did say he wouldn't say which monsters or which kaiju they got the rights to, but they did get the rights to other kaiju because okay. he had specific kaiju in mind that if he could not get them, he would not do the line. Okay. So it that has huge so excited because yeah here in the states we we don't get you know you'll get, get a, the other monsters you'll get a Ghidorah, a mothra a rodan well if you're lucky though, if you're lucky because right. NECA hasn't even been able to touch those no. all we've gotten from and and look NECA has done some awesome godzilla figures i've got a few of them but right now any target you walk into there are a dozen different godzilla figures but they're all godzilla yeah. And my thought when when Super 7 announced Godzilla Ultimates was like, you know, if you can only do Godzilla, what's even the point? If knowing knowing Super 7 uh, and thinking back to their early magazines, my my Brian, if by some chance you're listening, my <laughs> hopes are that we are finally getting a Jet Jaguar I I can oh, that totally be... see that being oh, that uh, would be one of the figures yeah. that they were going after. Um, the Hedora, like it, he just strikes me as a sort of person that, it, and again, based off of some of the stuff I saw in the earlier magazines, um, you know, they, 
they don't necessarily go after just what John Q. Public thinks of. When well, they just the fact Godzilla. that they just the fact that they're making figures of the guys from the major wrestling figure podcast shows they recognize niche fandoms and they're interested in doing things that are not necessarily going to please the widest audience. Yeah. Uh, I here's something I would love to see years ago, some company, I always want to say it was Medicom and I feel like I'm corrected every time I say that it was Medicom, but some company did a line of Godzilla figures, but it was literally 12 inch like GI Joe's in a Godzilla suit. I okay. I don't remember those. That sounds like something Marmot would do. Maybe. I do, oh, you know what? That might be I right. Do, I do remember uh, in the early 2000s, I think it was, uh, Microman did a line which was the Microman figures as the stuntmen. So it would come with the rubber suit okay. that then you could put you could take your Microman figure apart and put him in. So they did Godzilla, Ghidra, uh, they did a Jet Jaguar, a Megalon, they did a Gamera, uh, but, you know, th- we're talking, you know, three and three quarter inch Right, scale. right. I think you're right in that Marmot are the ones that I'm thinking of, but at least we've narrowed it down that it's a company that begins with M. <laughs> it's either Medicom, Marmot, or Microman. <laughs> Although I guess Microman's technically not a company, but what all, whatever. Yeah. I, but I would love for Super 7 to do something similar. Something like that, yeah. That would be very cool. Uh, and then King Diamond. We're getting a King Diamond ultimate figure, which is wild. Uh, Papa Emeritus from Ghost, and I can only hope we'll get the Nameless Ghouls as well. Or is it Faceless Ghouls? The Ghouls. I can't remember the name of anything this episode. <laughs> I know nothing about pop culture. I'm a blank slate. Uh, but anyway, Papa's on the way uh, with great looking soft goods. And then this one, I'm really curious to see. Well, I don't think you and I have even talked about it yet. What do you think of these Transformers Ultimates? Um, well, before, we, before we get to that. Where are you on just the concept of Transformers that don't transform? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember Action Force back in the, the 90s. Action uh, Masters. Action, Action Masters. Masters. I remember the name of something. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, I'm, there are Transformer fans that probably love that concept. Yeah. Uh, probably great for photography. Uh but it's not my I'm I'm a terrible fan in that I usually don't go for the figures that look like the cartoons. No, I mean, but that's that's a that's a thing. If that's not your aesthetic, then yeah. it just isn't. And I also totally understand the fans who I mean, look, the line's called Transformers. <laughs> it's not called big colorful robots. But I again I said it, I know a lot of times, but in the interviews, I give Brian credit for saying, you know, we have to make an optimist because that's when people sure. think of Transformers, that's what they're going to buy. Yeah. Is Mattel going to give you the optimist on a surfboard? Well, Mattel's no. not going to give you any Optimus Primes. 
So Hasbro. Oh my god. <laughs> We're the worst. We're... I am like I can this we just, listeners, can we just this erase... is why I drink during the G.I. Joe podcast. Um can we just erase this episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but they're they're you know doing characters like Bombshell stuff like that. That that if by some crazy chance, and I don't think the mass retail line is is going to put out many many waves. Uh, I could be wrong, um, but he's saying, hey, you know, here's the figures that if by some crazy chance you're a fan of this figure, you're going to get a chance to get it. Well. I am a fan of non-transforming transformers, but only in the event that they are meant to look like the animation like that. Cause that's why else would you want that? Because right. you, you really can't achieve that exact, you know, 1984 cartoon look uh, with a transforming robot. You can kind of get it, but you can't get that exact Optimus. It just doesn't work. So I like um, Action Masters are okay. I loved Heroes of Cybertron, the little PVC figures. Those I I can get into. Um, It's action figures of them that... Well, and I even like... I I was very tempted because every few years... I'll dive into Transformers again and lose my mind and buy like 20 or 30 Transformers. And I'll be like, what am I doing? And I'll sell them all. Uh, Cause I can't, <laughs> I just can't keep up with Transformers. I can't, but they got me with war for Cybertron. Like as soon as I saw those, they look like the classic designs. They had incredible paint jobs, nice transformations. The, the most intuitive transformations since I was a kid, I think, uh, and then I was like, what am I doing? I can't get into this. I, I had like Omega Supreme pre-ordered. And that was the point where I was like, no, stop this. <laughs> stop. And then I'm in Walmart uh, last November, December, maybe. And I saw those red figures, the non-transforming yeah. six-inch scale, basically like Marvel Legends, Star Wars, Black Series, but Transformers. And they looked incredible. And I was like, oh, man, I I really want these, but I'm not going to do it. Not getting back into Transformers. And I'm very proud of myself because I didn't buy them, but I have not seen them since. I saw them one day. I saw them in two different Walmarts. Haven't seen them since at all. And I'm wondering if that's dead and this is basically the follow-up like is hasbro licensing that concept out to super seven now rather than doing that red series themselves and i haven't read anything to that effect but it would seem to be the case Hmm. interesting um so we've we've had a great super seven conversation here where did you have any notes or anything else um since we were talking about ultimate something that really hasn't gotten a lot of press since they did the pre-orders and I think should be hitting soon um, that I thought was big for them was the Disney Ultimates. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, we totally, or I totally. Because that Disney market is a whole, a other, whole other beast right. on its on its own. Um, you know, and again, they, they, they threw in Sorcerer Mickey because iconic people are going to want a Mickey, but then they throw in, 
you know, all the other characters. Well, Prince not, John. Prince is John, the, which is the, the one, one I pre-ordered. Man, that's the one that almost got me because I would love to have a set of, of Robin Hood figures. Yeah. And I didn't do it. I can't do it, man. I can't get into another line <laughs> of Ultimates. And the problem is with Disney, that's literally just a never-ending fountain. Luckily, over the years, I am not about quantity in my collections. Um, I only need one or two of a figure. So I don't have to get all the Disney Ultimates. You know, I'm but getting even- Prince John, if they did... If they gave us a Robin Hood and a little John, I'm good. I'm done. But how do you, if they then follow up with Marion, they Friar, like, how do you avoid those if you've already got a few? And here's the thing with Disney even if you cherry pick, and granted, at the rate Super Seven releases these, it seems to be maybe two waves a year, Mm. maybe. So it's pretty slow release rate. But with Disney, even if you cherry pick a Disney Ultimates line, there's going to be so much that you're going to want because they're drawing from all of the Disney animation, like Sword Sword in the Stone, Black Cauldron. I would be in. Um, but if that was to happen, then I would have to make a decision: Do I keep my pops from right those movies? Or do I say I'm keeping the pops and and not going with the ultimates because I I don't I don't need both representations multiple right Black Cauldron figures you know and that's sets. that's that's where I am with that is the pops that we've got are all things that are either particularly bizarre to have as an adorable little figure or things that just aren't available in other figure form. Mm-hmm. But if there's like, if I'm choosing between like a NECA or an Ultimate or a, you know, Black Series or whatever the case may be and a pop, the pop ain't going to win. But like, even with Silverhawks, I doubt I'll be completely 100% all in. For all the main birds, absolutely. Stargazer, uh, he's probably teetering. Certain villains I'll want, certain villains, eh. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, that's not as bad of a struggle for me. It used to not be, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I think we got to talk about the Thunder Tank. Yeah. Uh, it is the first vehicle that Super 7 is creating for the Ultimates line. Not the biggest thing they've offered. Obviously, that's Snake Mountain, which we totally didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. But we don't really have to because you can go to the Needless Things YouTube channel and see my tour of Snake Mountain. He uh, lives in it now. Yeah, I'm actually inside Snake Mountain right now as we speak. Uh, it is and, massive. And you can also find lots of different Super 7 and other toy line reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel. But the Thunder Tank announced just a couple of weeks ago with just initially uh, a picture of the Thunder Tank with the -the glow-in-the-dark eyes. And then I think it was two days later, the full announcement. The pre-order is running from February 2nd until April 2nd. They did a two-month window for this one because it is such a big item and they want to have enough time. Honestly, I think they want to have enough time to respond 
to people with things like the depth of the mechanisms behind the treads, which is one of the first things that they've addressed, uh, saying that there's sculpted detail on the tank itself, but that the treads are so thick you can't see it. So they're pulling that out a little bit. Um, but this is a $450 item, $40 shipping, which is not, you know, not unreasonable. But the way that it was explained is look, Snake Mountain is one big giant mold with a few extra pieces. The Thunder Tank has tons of working parts, lots of little pieces, lots of different tooling. It is technically a more expensive proposition. And unlike the Razor Crest, which sold like 26,000 units, the Thunder Tank, they'll be thrilled if they get close to 2,000 units. Mm-hmm. So there is a huge difference in fandoms. There's a huge difference in expected sell-through. This thing, it, again, and I say this all the time with toys. I've said it about exclusives. I said it earlier about the uh, Super 7 picking up the classics. Uh, it's either this or you don't get it. Those are your options. Nobody else is making a, a Thunder Tank in scale with these Thundercats Ultimates. Uh, a Thunder Tank that's, what is it, 22 inches long and 13 inches wide, something like that? Yeah. It, it's in nine I mean, it high. holds six seven-inch figures. Well, no, no, it has seating for six seven-inch well, okay, figures, true, true. but then it's got a <laughs> giant cargo bay in front of them where you could probably pile 10 more in there. It's crazy. The, uh, the profile of this thing fits four of the original LJN Thunder Tanks. Yeah. And, and look, you guys have heard all of this stuff. If you watch the video with Pixel Dan, which you should, it's very informative. Uh, you know, you've seen all this information out there. I, we just want to kind of give you our personal thoughts and response to it. I have not ordered yet because the deal I made with myself, I've got a pile of stuff sitting right to the right of me right now that are extras or things that I decided that I don't want or need. And that if I can sell enough to pay for the Thunder Tank before the pre-order ends, then I will get it. Because I know what happened to me with Snake Mountain. I didn't think I wanted it. And then I ended up way over... Well, at the time, I mean, this that's what you had to pay for it. So I don't feel like I overpaid for it. But I could have paid a lot less for it if I'd just gone ahead and admitted to myself that I wanted it. Right. What was your initial thought when you saw they were doing a Thunder Tank? Well, first of all, we didn't even know it was going to be for the Ultimates. There was a possibility yeah. it was going to be for the reaction figures. Which is what I thought it was going to be. Like, okay. you kept seeing these little hints, and I thought, from a price perspective, there is no way <laughs> right. this is going to be for the, the big line. This is going to be a reaction Thunder Tank, or it's going to be like a scaled replica like we're gonna find out that you know not hot wheels but something on a larger scale like oh now they're getting into this well kind of like what hasbro did with that plasma series ecto-1 right that that's it's 118th scale to go in a line full of six uh 12 scale figures so is bizarre when when it dropped that it was for the ultimates, I, it, 
Ooh, my price point was way <laughs> off because I was thinking, okay, what what is going to be the what's going to be the breaking point for people? What what are they going to try to keep the cost around to? Um, and and listeners, it, it, like we said, you know, you you should listen to the Pixel Dan interview because not just the discussion about the Thunder Tank, but the discussion they have about the process of making toys and the amount of molding and parts and pieces that go into it. Um, It, 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 it was eye opening for me and, and I thought I already knew everything there was to know under the sun. Yeah. Um, I felt the same way. I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on production and tooling and, and stuff like that. But they he really Brian Flynn really lays it out in, in this in a way that I had not heard before. But to be devil's advocate, watching the video and knowing the price tag, there is a part of me that goes as adult collectors, what what are most people going to do with that thunder tank? It's great that it comes with all these parts and pieces and has movable parts and all of that. Um, but I can't tell you how many vehicles and play sets I have that just sit on the shelves. Right. Right. And, and any action features that they have, I I'm never using. So there is a part of me that wonders could you scale it down? Could you could you take this away in order to get the price point down? But his video did a lot to explain why even that isn't as feasible. Well, here's here's how I look at it. Um because I'm I'm still actively collecting Star Wars and I've got the I, I don't have the most recent vintage collection Millennium Falcon, but I've got the 2010 version that's oh, nice. basically the same thing. Yeah. So that is probably the best toy in my collection, even over the sail barge, even over Snake Mountain. That Millennium Falcon, I'm going to come back to it every time. That is my biggest regret when it came out, not, not getting it, it at the time. It, it's incredible. And for anybody listening, if you stumble across one of the, the galaxy's edge versions that target had recently, just get it, figure out a way to pay for it and get it. You won't regret it. Uh, but anyway, that millennium Falcon came out. And then a few years ago, Hasbro tried something a little different. They released a millennium Falcon that was just a shell, just an exterior. No figures went in it. It was and it was huge. It was probably twice as big as this one, which is scale wise more accurate than this one. Mm-hmm. Had uh, I, I I wouldn't say it's as detailed as, as this one, but it had a ton of detail. It looked good. I like. I kind of wanted one, not for the price point, but I think that's what we would be looking at if, with this Thunder Tank. Is we're either going to get this at this price. Or just basically a shell to stick on the shelf, but that probably still would have been a hundred and fifty bucks, if not more. Yeah, right. To be in scale with seven inch figures, right? 
we're we're going to be paying and as a collector even though i know i'm gonna find the right pose for that thing i'm not going to use both of the cockpits that it comes with it or canopies it comes with a closed canopy and the translucent canopy for the underwater action certainly not putting this thing underwater uh <laughs> like i know i'm not gonna have all those pieces on display but knowing that i do have them knowing that their options is just part of the appeal to me it's the same thing as the ultimates figures themselves I'm I'm going to put one set of hands on them and the rest are going in a bag, but I want to have those other hands. Right. I want to have that extra head. I want to have the, just in doing the wave two Ninja Turtles reviews, um, that little, the, the sprue that it comes with, that's the classic weapons rack with mm -hmm. all the weapons attached. I'm not going to use that, but I love that it's in there. And you know what? If it made it cost five bucks more to stick that thing in there, that's fine because again, it's staying in the box. I'm not displaying it, but it just makes me happy knowing that super seven is so into this stuff. And so into making fans smile that they do stuff like that, or they know they need to put the thundrillium in with the thunder tank. Like that stuff just makes me happy. I love it. It's part of the price tag to me. And unlike, I think, and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of another toy company that does payments because they know, yeah. like with the Thunder Tank, you can pay a deposit. Yeah. And then they have the, the the remainder split up. I think it was like over four months. Yeah. And then it's paid off. So instead of having to drop $500 all at once, you're going to pay a hundred something a month. That's, I know right now the way the world is, that can still sting for a lot of people. But, but for at least others, it's it option. does make it do it doable. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. they did that with their Masters of the Universe classics figures you had the option you know since you had to buy you know the whole wave you know you had the option you could pay for it up front or do payments and in, in even at the time then i was like oh that's really cool for to make it possible for some people to be able to get it well and i think they got that business model from uh sideshow collectibles because when sideshow when the prices started going up on their figures because mm -hmm. i got I got the, like all the Buffy figures were like 40 bucks a piece when I got those. And then over the course of just a few years, by the time Sideshow started doing GI Joe, those six scale figures were up over a hundred bucks. Mm. And I think it might've been with GI Joe where they started introducing the payment plans. Uh, uh, and so uh, super seven has, I don't know that they necessarily adopted that, but I do know that like sideshow, it was significant that they were offering that for their pricier products. Uh, and, and the other option you've got is you can order from a big bad toy store.com or an entertainment earth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with big bad, that's where I got my snake mountain and I paid $4 shipping because big bad does the $4 flat rate shipping on anything. So if you, you know, want time to save money rather than doing the payment plans, or you don't want to pay the $40 shipping. Although I do think there's an upcharge on big bad. So you may be paying about yeah, the it, same. It, with big bad, it, it all levels. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that that cost is is factored in there because I think he was even saying in the video that you know at, at Big Bad it's four ninety nine. Okay, okay. Instead of the four fifty right. or whatever it is. But if you um, prefer that, you, you to take your time to save it up and then pay it. Yeah, you, know, and, so you and can do that as well. Not that the people. I feel like the people that are going to buy this are the people that are going to buy this, but like. With Big Bad, if anything happens between now and then, you can cancel. Yeah. So I also look yeah. at, at your Entertainment Earths, your Big Bads. You're paying more to have that kind of insurance to say, oh, yes. tag, I'm out. To have more options. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a gorgeous piece. It is. It looks that, beautiful. That, that yeah. resin, that resin, uh, build up that that he has in the video and again for the listeners you need to go watch that video but it is huge the the pause going up to reveal the laser cannons the functioning treads that are not going to be made out of rubber they're going to be made out of a plastic so that they're durable and they're not uh disintegrating after a few years all of those wheels in the treads they all move everything moves everything rolls uh I, i'm excited i don't know where i'm going to put it <laughs> no idea I just, I just have this image in my head of the thunder tank with the sail barge on top <laughs> uh, all with those resting on top of snake mountain because... <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i've i've already got um i got that crazy remote control batmobile the justice league one that they did mm. uh, my wife got me that for christmas oh dude it's a it's a 12th scale remote control Batmobile. Holy cow. From Justice League. And it's incredible. <laughs> I'll send you a picture of it when we're done. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's on the floor on its stand because there's just no shelf big enough for it. Uh, but anyway, I think that about wraps up uh, Super 7. I don't think we've got a whole heck of a lot more to talk about, but we will absolutely. We will in time though, because. Yeah, they've got a lot coming out. Yeah, they've got a lot on the slate, and you know, t Toy Fair would have been right around the corner. I'm sure some of the announcements we've seen in the last few weeks are things that would have happened at Toy Fair, but I would imagine they've saved some stuff up. So over the coming months, uh, everybody follow Needless Things on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, and we'll keep you posted on all the relevant Super Seven news and and all the other toy news out there Indeed. christian thanks for coming on talking super seven uh let us know where we can find you online uh you can find my toy photography on flickr.com and instagram under the name legion cub an awesome like i love uh your your composition and lighting on there <laughs> like i i just i, I will go on because here's what it is i don't know you're really the only person i know who does what i think of as toy photography because i just take pictures of toys which is just i put them in front of a background and take the picture i don't really do anything i don't build things or do lighting mm. and i don't know anybody that does so your pictures will come up and i'll be like oh this is freaking awesome who's this and i'm like oh it's christian awesome <laughs> it's like doubly impressive because i know you so it's like oh Oh, that's a good one you know what i mean it's, it's growing up as a kid in the 70s with those little catalogs that used to come with the toys right that, right that was my original inspiration and then yeah 
and and you hated diorama this. building. Well, and the commercials too, like in the eighties, all the GI Joe commercials yeah. and stuff, where you're like, my yard doesn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christian, thanks for coming on and talking Super Seven, yes. and uh, we'll be talking again soon, probably about GI Joe on Ooh. Audible Interlude, a GI Joe podcast. Later, man. See ya. I feel like we like left stuff out, and I'm sure we did because I just. What I like to do is have conversations and whatever comes up, comes up. Now, granted, I had notes. I had specific things that I knew we had to hit on and mention and discuss. But in general, I wanted it to be more our personal uh, recollections and experiences with Super 7. But like I said, there were certain milestones and things that I wanted to make sure we addressed along the way. Uh, In the end, Super 7, NECA, and Mezco are very special companies with incredible visions and a dedication to their customers like no other toy company has. And, you know, I look, I, I buy lots of Hasbro stuff. I love lots of Hasbro stuff. Uh, Mattel makes a lot of cool stuff that I enjoy. But if if I had to pick one toy company, it would be Super 7, Mezco, or NECA. And right now, Super 7 is ahead of the pack because toy is their operative word. Uh, As much as I think 112 Collective is the greatest action figure line of all time, uh, as articulated as they are, as many accessories as they come with, as great as they are, they do tend to get played with for a little while and then put up on the shelf. Uh, Super 7 stuff is a whole other level. It's a combination of toy and collector item like has never been done before. And I just love them right now. I really do. Uh, so there you go. Uh, share this podcast with your toy loving fans. Tell them about the Needless Things YouTube channel. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group and stay tuned. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.